welcome to Stateside F1. I'm Joe Leonardo. Meow. Meow, meow, meow. And that man making the sound of, I'm going to say, a Honda Power Unit on a Red Bull 30 seconds ahead of his teammate, even though he started last. That's Andrew Berger. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good to be back. And we are talking Belgian Grand Prix. What's one word that you could use to describe this race, Joe? Um, I'm going to say cuckoo bananas bonkers. Zoot suit, wiling out. Because those are all one word. Aruga, aruga, baru, baru, freaky deaky, all that stuff. Oh, I love freaky deaky. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. I got to say, after the first lap, it was kind of chill. It was the same old, same old. Uh. Really, the big things are Max Verstappen. And I don't know if he wished upon a monkey paw or rubbed mm. an old genie lamp he found or he wished upon a falling star or whatever. But, man, he was unstoppable the whole weekend from FP1 all the way to the race. There was no issue with the car. He did everything flawlessly. This man is world championship material. I mean, he are, he won a world champ. There, there's the world championship he won last year, which has a big asterisk on it. But there's no denying that he won this year. Yeah, and I'm already speaking in the past tense. He this is a hundred percent earned. The only way he wouldn't be able to win is if he broke his leg and couldn't drive. Yeah, I mean, he can pull a Nicky Lauda and burst into flames. And then show up for like a couple more races. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Nikki lost by a point to Hunt, right? Yes. Yeah. Right? Do I have my history right? Yes. Yeah, because he refused to drive in the final race because it was too dangerous. He's, yes, yes, yes. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. He did literally just burst into flames a couple weeks prior, right? And didn't he, he jump yeah. back in the car like a couple weeks later? It's wild. Yeah, I think he got back in the car four to six weeks after the accident and people, you know, obviously, you know, people expected him not to come back for the rest of the season. Yeah. Understandably. He, could you compare Max to Nikki Lauda? Speaking of Nikki Lauda, I think personality wise, they have the same kind of energy and vibe. Yeah. Nikki was all about calculated risk and like, I mean the movie rush, right? That's the whole yes. purpose of rush. I didn't really see it. I saw like pieces of it or clips of it, but that's Nikki's personality. And I think Nikki himself said that that movie was like 80% accurate. Yeah. And they, you know, it was funny. They were going to uh, dub Nikki Lauda himself, like his voice onto the actor for some scenes. <laughs> really? But the actor just nailed the impression so well that they didn't need to do that. Spot on. That's the guy from, um, he's in some Marvel series. Uh, I think he was in, Falcon and the Winter Soldier or something. I forget the name. Oh, I I forgot about that series. But that actor, he's a... I really liked him. Uh, yeah. I forget the name. I know Chris Hemsworth is in it. Yeah, Thor is in it. I guess it's two Marvel people. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Who? What's the other actor? Daniel Bruhl. He yeah, killed it. A, he killed it. He even kind of looked like him. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. And what is it? I, I'm looking up his Wikipedia, Daniel Rule. Talented, amazing actor. Oh, wow. He's in Born Ultimatum, too. I love that movie. Mm. He has bad guy vibes. And he does it well. 
yeah, he should really be in James Bond. Like, he should be a villain in James Bond. Oh, it's totally going to happen. He's a stronger Rami Malek, in my opinion. I agree with that. Rami Malek is, like, too tiny, and he's not, like, intimidating. Yeah, I, he's not scary. Having him play Freddie Mercury was a horrible casting choice because Rami Malek isn't tall, and he's not, like, big and strong like Freddie was. And I feel like... Part of Freddy's allure was like he was a big figure. Like he was larger than life. Was Freddy like a tall dude? I honestly have no idea. How tall was Freddy Mercury? What? It says he was only 5'9". Yeah, I didn't think he was that big. What? I thought he was tall. Okay, whatever. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, back to the race. Uh, yeah, Max is just, he won. People were questioning it. There's all of this, you know, numbers game of like, well, Ferrari did this and this happened to Red Bull. Maybe Ferrari could pinch, you know, constructors or whatever. No, no. constructors is going to Red Bull. Uh, drivers is going to Red Bull. Ferrari is going to the dumpster. Ferrari, they just, they can't put it together. I, I remember they asked the drivers what tires they should put on the cars. So Leclerc got hit. I have specific info. Yeah, on that. Joe, go into <laughs> it. You got more info than me. So I think it was around lap 19. I wrote down. I just wow. wrote down all caps screaming. That's all I wrote is just I wrote screaming lap 19. Wow. They hit up Leclerc with question. Should we go hards or mediums? And then Leclerc is like, why are you why are you asking me this? I don't understand. Did they not have strategists? Why are they asking the driver of a car what he should be doing? The job of the driver is to focus on pace, is to focus on the car, is to focus on what's in front of them. Not to be answering questions about what they should be doing, what they should be thinking about uh, yeah. towards the end of the race or whatnot. That's insane to me. Then why are you paying these strategists? Yeah, I... I would campaign for signs and Leclerc to get a pay bump for being their own strategist <laughs> yeah. this e- this season. Totally. I want there's got to be some union thing where it's like Leclerc can't answer these questions because it's someone else's position to do so. <laughs> or at least there should be. Maybe there needs to be stronger unions in Formula 1. That's why this is happening. There's no way though. There's so much money in Formula 1. No one even needs a union. They just pay them out. <laughs> That's true. I feel like there's so much dirty money happening in Formula 1 as well. Oh my god. Well, yeah. Now, I feel like I had a daydream where I was just thinking about uh you know, the day where they potentially get rid of Spa in place of the Las Vegas Grand Prix and I was remembering my time at the Miami Grand Prix. And it was like a whole show. It wasn't about the racing. It wasn't about the passion of driving in circles at 200 plus miles per hour. It was just, oh, Post Malone is here and he's (laughs) going to sing like three of his songs. And hopefully most of our clientele here will like it, even though it's prohibitively expensive to go to this event. There's a a concert happening after free practice at circuit of the Americas. I think it's the, I think it's Ed Sheeran and it's like, you can get tickets to free practice and then see an Ed Sheeran concert. It's like, why? No, I think green day is going to be there too. Actually. Really? Yeah. I would consider going for green day, but 
No, the tickets of Formula One are so expensive. You can just get Green Day tickets and save a lot of money. Yeah, but and also their most recent album, their 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 recent music hasn't been uh, exciting to me, unfortunately. Yeah. Billy Joe Armstrong, that's his name. Billy Joel yeah. Armstrong, not yeah. Billy Joe. Okay, like like Joe Leonardo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. What like a, when you're naming a kid? What makes you think like, hey, let me give this like cartoonish redneck name. That'll help them succeed. And look what it did. It's almost like that. Um, oh, who's that country? Uh, uh, dresses all in black. Ring of fire. I went down, down. Oh, who's that guy? yeah. Johnny oh Cash. Johnny Cash. It's like that Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. And the premise of the song is that like the character in the song's name is Sue. His dad named him Sue because he knew he wouldn't be around. So it had to toughen him up. Wow, that's like some deep. It's low. classic country music the i like who's the country guitarist they're the country star i think it's not zach brown it's zach brown's from mclaren <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no zach brown band but no there's this one uh country guy you know how country guitarists they play this you know the telecaster or the yeah. les paul like this guy plays Dang. a jet yeah this guy play his favorite guitar is a jazz master oh is it stapleton chris stapleton yeah i think it's stapleton yeah he's and, he's like Badass, right? Does he, he release like good stuff? He's really good. Yeah. So he's like, he's definitely uh, the black sheep because I've never seen another country artist play that guitar because that yeah. guitar is usually for indie people and people who don't actually know how to play guitar. I know Nicole Kidman's husband. He's like a pop country person. Keith, Keith Urban, Urban. He's sick on guitar. Oh, dude, he's dirty. He's nasty. He's really good. Anyways, speaking about things that aren't succeeding... Ferrari, Joe, tell me. They're just bad. I don't understand. I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot. Right now, they're... Where are they in constructors? They're second in constructors. I don't understand how. Yeah, I. that is so hard for me to believe. It just shows how good Leclerc is, honestly. And it shows how good Science is. Like, yeah. they're, they're succeeding with their own team working against them. Or at least not helping them in any way. They have to be in their heads during these races because they can't even trust their strategist. Leclerc said it on the radio. He goes, I don't think this is a good strategy to go in for fastest lap. And then after he gave his spiel, whoever came back on the radio was just like, okay, so box then? Basically saying, shut the hell up, just box. And of course, it ended up costing them a spot. Yeah, I'm surprised Leclerc went in, though, because I've seen experiences or races where the driver was told to box and he didn't. The boxer or the driver just stayed out. Maybe Leclerc had a, uh, a moment that where maybe Ferrari got, like, got their shit together. The pit wall has all the data that the driver doesn't. So you assume that they're calculating all of the, the pace and everything and yeah. seeing where they're going to end up at the end of the race and seeing how much time they have between cars and if pitting is a good idea at a certain point. So you would have to trust whoever is on the radio telling you what to do. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, it feels like these strategists are almost like a Lance Stroll and Nicholas Latifi scenario. They're just paying Ferrari <laughs> to be on the pit wall and look at Latifi, man. He took out, uh, Botas on lap one because he does not uh, drive birthday. a Formula One car. 
It's Valtteri's oh, yeah. birthday. That race was on his birthday, and he got taken out in lap one. So at least he could celebrate earlier than he was expecting. Especially with what's going on at Alfa Romeo, because I, I think they're discontinuing their sponsorship of the Sauber team for next year. Maybe Botas is just like coasting and just happy to be, have a drive in Formula One right now, and he's like, you know, whatever. The TV owes him like a really nice birthday present, at least, or something. Hi, everybody. Joe Leonardo here. And this is Andrew Berger. Along with being the hosts of Stateside F1, Andrew and I are audio engineers with thousands of hours of podcast experience. Between the both of us, we've worked with a wide variety of companies, from Google to Discovery, as editors, mixers, sound designers, and even social media managers. If it's a companion podcast for a TV show or just a hobby among friends, we can help you with your podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at statesideF1 at gmail.com. What's something that Latifi would buy Valtteri Botas? I don't know. What can a Williams... uh, paycheck get you he can get him like a good dairy queen gift card yeah and maybe if he knew botas a little better maybe a uh a blizzard because botas loves the cold so <laughs> of course he'd want a blizzard dude he does and 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 in those being in those hot sticky saunas dude uh speaking of williams though their straight line speed is awesome alex alban dude p10 right yeah p10 that was Albon showing that Red Bull should not have shut the door on them on him. Mm. Yep. And now they might lose Gasly as well for next year. Gasly might go to Alpine, right? I I heard rumors, yeah. Yeah. So no Ricardo to Alpine. It would be so funny if Ricardo went to Alpha Tauri, but I don't think he would. Yeah. I think Ricardo is out of F1. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to happen. As a closeted Gasly fan, though, I'm really excited that and hope that he moves away from everything Red Bull and Helmet Marco. I feel like you got to have some really thick skin to work for the Red Bull team. But Gasly killed it at this race. At P9, he ended yeah. up, what did he qualify? He, quali- uh, he went down a spot. So he qualified eighth and then got ninth. The qualifying for this race was all screwy because of all of the engine penalties. I mean, it makes sense that they all wanted to take engine penalties on this race because it was the first race back. Yeah. But Sebastian Vettel as well in, uh, in the race, he actually showed what it means to drive an Aston Martin. Vettel, uh, got, what did he get? He was eighth. Yeah. Not bad at all. And he was pretty upset with his qualifying. I think he was kicked out of Q3, right? Yeah, he was. What, what, where did he land? Well, the thing is, he got moved up to 10th because of, obviously, all of the qualifying. Uh, yeah. Everybody that hit up got moved to the back of the grid. Right. But, yeah, no, that's good. Latifi needs to go. Stroll needs to just become the F1 manager. That video game just came out. <laughs> and it looks fun as hell. Yeah. I love so, the idea of managing an F1 team. It looks really fun. Actually, I know a guy that that works on the show or the game, sorry. 
uh, fellow audio guy. That's awesome. We should have him on. We should actually. Cause I I message him every once in a while uh, about F one. So yeah. You know what we have to talk about before we end is Hamilton. Oh man. And the whole Alonzo response on the radio. So first of all, Hamilton aggressively closed the door on Fernando Alonso. He didn't get a penalty. They called it a racing incident. But I honestly think he should have gotten a penalty for it because it was weirdly aggressive. He should have, but there would have been so many ways. I think Formula One is getting uh, a little trigger shy about what penalties they hand out to their star representatives of the sport. Obviously, they didn't care last year at Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah. Probably because, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, I don't know. Speaking of, you know, penalties or getting what he deserved, Fernando Alonso on the radio was a little sassy, and I feel like him moving to Aston Martin, this is going to be like the evil, sassy version of Fernando Alonso we're about to see. And this race had kind of the the sneak preview of it, because apparently... On the radio, he was like, what the hell? This guy's an idiot. Uh, this man only knows how to race from the start of the grid or something like that. He only knows how to race from the front on the radio. And then afterwards, Lewis basically just took blame. He was like, yeah, he was in my blind spot. It was an accident. 100% my fault. Took blame. And then they interviewed Fernando Alonso. And I think he already heard that Lewis took full responsibility and then he started complaining, being like, back in the day, that's just me talking to, you know, uh, the pit wall. Uh, that wouldn't be shown on broadcast. That was a private conversation. And I'm like, dude, you've been in Formula One for like 20 years, right? How long has he been racing for? Ever. This isn't like a rookie mistake. He knew yeah. what he was doing. He knew that this would be played on TV. He knew that Lewis would hear this. This was him being sassy. Yeah. So I think we're entering the phase of s sassier Fernando Alonso. Everywhere I read, it says that he's just a nightmare to work with because he comes in, you know, big daddy, two-time world champion, comes in expecting the team to just bow down to him and build the car around him. And honestly, I think the only team that'll do that now is Aston Martin. Exactly. And that's what they promised him. Yeah. Oh, they're building all new facilities and stuff. And they're saying, like, I think they're building this new wind tunnel thing. And they're saying they're going to uh, create the car around him and around his strengths and stuff. And then Lance Stroll's like, but daddy, but daddy. And Lawrence is like, shut up, son. Yeah. Like, we got, like, it's not about you anymore. It's about the brand. Exactly. It's, it is true, though. I mean, thinking about how just hilariously awful Ferrari's been. If if I was ever in a position to purchase a Ferrari, I I could not purchase a new Ferrari. I would just be embarrassed. I'd be like, the current iteration of Ferrari just embarrasses me. I'll buy a Renault. Yeah. <laughs> the Renault Clio, the little hatchback. <laughs> if Gasly moves to Renault, uh, or um, not Renault, um, uh, Alpine. Alpine. If he moves to Alpine, it will be a complete French team. Yeah, and I think that's a selling point to the team. Because they're partly French-owned, right? The government owns a piece of them. I think they do, yeah. 
because yeah, Renault, the French government, to clarify. Yes, yes. I don't know how that happened because at least in the United States, I know that the cities were supposed to own the sports teams, and somehow that stopped happening. But yet, the taxpayers pay for the stadiums. Yeah, That's a little strange. Yeah. For yeah. those of you who don't know, a lot of these football stadiums in America, the town or the 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 state pays for a chunk of it or gives a huge uh, tax uh, what's the benefit, word like tax benefit to whatever team is building it. So the taxpayers are effectively paying for the stadium. Yeah, it's strange. Well, I guess the the always the argument is that a new stadium brings in commerce because you're bringing all these people into the city and then they, when they leave the game, they go to the bars or they go to the shops or whatnot. That's the argument. But still, it's a little weird. It's in Philadelphia. The only place they go is maybe Tony Luke's for cheesesteaks, which is like directly outside of the, like the sports complex. The Sixers are trying to build their new sta- uh, stadium like in the center of like center city Philadelphia. Mm. And it's idiotic. Where are these people going to park their cars? Because no way in hell people from outside of Philadelphia are taking the uh, the SEPTA line, which is the Philadelphia uh, public transport into the city. If you take SEPTA past like 9 p.m., there's a guarantee you'll probably get shot or like <laughs> some druggie will just like start just cheppering you. I know nothing about Philly. I've been to Philly multiple times, but I have no memory of it. Like, I can't remember the city. <laughs> there's no, like, there's no defining images of Philly. I guess you guys got that bell, but besides that, <laughs> like, what else is there? Go back to Portugal, dude. <laughs> what else is there? What else does Philly have besides the bell? Uh, Well, Independence Hall, where the declaration was signed and sure. presented. Oh, you got those rocky steps, too, I think. That's yeah. Yeah, the with the at the art museum. Yeah. Bill Burr has a great bit just roasting the city. Oh yeah. Oh, man. It like made his career. Yeah, it was when the audience turned on him and yeah, he just they were like, booing him and he was like, The only person you care about is a fictional character. I'm in the middle of watching his new special. Bill Burr never he rarely disappoints. Yeah. The dude's a comic through and through. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of comics, Daniel Ricardo. Daniel, that's my segue. Speaking of comedians, Daniel Ricardo, I got to say, the guy's got no fight. That's what I was writing the whole time. And I still kind of believe it. I yeah. think his fight's gone. But at the same time, what is like McLaren's strategy with him? Because it seemed like McLaren undercut Ricardo with Lando towards the end of the race, which was strange. I think they, I think McLaren put too much money in on Lando as well. Will they get rid of Lando? No, they won't because they signed him until like 26 and they, I don't know what his contract is worth, but there's no way they can afford to buy it out. I mean, they're doing that for Ricardo. Yeah, but I think. And Ricardo got them, (laughs) you know, he, he got them a win. Yeah, that's the thing. Ricardo got them a win. Yeah. I don't see Lando doing anything spectacular that Ricardo probably hasn't. I can see him hitting a P3 this year. Um, he looked awesome. What was the last race? Was it Hungaro Ring? 
before summer yeah, break. Yeah, it's a great track. Great on Hungara Ring for qualifying, if I remember correctly. So maybe Lando needs to like. I want Lando to go through his metamorphosis as like you know have his era of like frat boy Lando. I'm like the best Formula One driver ever and everyone hate him and then he'll win a world championship and then he'll like wake up after one or two championships and realize that he needs to save the world and be kind to, to the planet. You want him to be Sebastian Vettel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally, you just described Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> I want him to start riding a rainbow bicycle. Yes. I want him to go to Aston Martin. Promote promote equal rights around the world. I always laugh. Nobody laughs at this. Only me. When he gave his <laughs> retirement speech, he's like, "My favorite color is blue." <laughs> like, why are you <laughs> dropping your favorite color? <laughs> like, my name's you know Sebastian Vettel. I'm a father. My favorite color is blue. I'm aggressive. I'm like, yo, let's pause for a second. What was that bit about the color? <laughs> that <laughs> like, yeah, he that threw that in there. Was that? I don't know. Maybe that was like for his kids or something. I don't know. It was just, it, I feel like he had to add some padding into his resume to make himself seem more diverse and more like he does more stuff besides racing. So he was just throwing any random crap he can think of. <laughs> you know, well, uh, one time I counted up to 350. <laughs> backwards. Backwards. <laughs> exactly. Well, he, I hope he's more successful post Formula One than Nico Rosberg because it's so hard to watch Nico Rosberg. Mm. <laughs> He's not even a Formula One champion anymore when people write like because he there's this company called Rimac. I think they're from Croatia. It's this electric car company and the guys from Top Gear when they were filming a scene for their show Grand Tour, the um the presenter, Richard Hammond, did a hill climb in their first car, like the Rimac one, I think. And he, the car, he missed a turn and he fell down the side of a mountain in this car. And oh, yes. Wasn't he on? He was on a bank, right? He. Or am I thinking something else? Maybe he landed in a bank, but he like cargo boom and uh, it caught fire in like the whole nine. Like there were interviews made with him and the owner of the company to discuss like how Richard Hammond didn't die in that crash. <laughs> and because if you look at the crash, he should have, dude. He was like five inches. He was like two inches too small for the, the 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 roof to like cave in on his head. Like if he was six feet tall, like the roof would have like crushed his head. But anyways, that's wild. Nico Rosberg purchased like the version two of that that just came out recently. Mm -hmm. And it was like viral YouTuber Nico Rosberg. <laughs> <laughs> viral. Oh my God. That's the worst. <laughs> like I would have to join for like another, like Formula One again just to yeah. <laughs> like, you know, to defeat Lewis Hamilton in the same in equal machinery. Oh, I hate that. Uh, uh, that like joke is so dead. He's he's too much of a meme. You can't make Sebastian he's so much of a meme. You can't make Sebastian a meme because he's been doing this environmental and equal rights campaigns, you know, while he was a racer. So it's part of his racing identity now. I think Daniel's going to become a meme. Oh, I think so. Making that proclamation oh here. I think so. If he leaves Formula One, he's just going to be. I think he loves 
being in front of the camera, obviously, and he's a super goofy guy. He knows goofy gets some yeah. clicks and views. So his goofy is going to start being amplified and turned up and he's going to be doing much more goofy stuff. And then he's going to be memeified. And then people are going to be like, "Ugh, this guy again. No. In like a couple of years time, maybe. Or I'll just say, I'm not going to predict this. I'm going to say it's a path that he can go down. Hopefully he doesn't. I did see like he put out a video on like his YouTube page recent, like a week ago. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of Daniel Ricardo content like being floating around. Got to spruce up the brand when you're losing <sighs> your job. Yeah, really. I'd love to get paid 20 mil- $21 million to stop doing my job. He's also like tweeting a bunch more now and people are literally responding to his tweets going like, this was before the announcement that he was leaving McLaren and people were like, uh-oh, news is coming. Why is this guy tweeting so much? Yeah, man. Uh, man. Anyways, we have to jump to predictions. Ever since we had Anton on, we've been doing our predictions with Forecast F1. Last race for the Belgian uh, Grand Prix, I got 33rd with my predictions. Andrew got a very strong, what were you, like 128? 85th, actually. <laughs> I added a couple more. I love your uh, your confidence in my abilities. Of, uh, <laughs> so this this week, I'm feeling I can hit. Let's Let me try to hit the top 20s. Let's see what I can do. So we're going to say, for our predictions like we do every episode, we'll say our qualifying poll. We'll say our top three. But to see our full predictions, we're going to do that on Forecast F1. And you, too, the listener, can do all your predictions on Forecast F1. Go to www.forecast-f1.com. Make an account. Honestly, DM us about it. Tell us about it. And we will add you to the stateside F1. We're doing like a little, uh, what would you call it, Andrew? Uh, like a predictions league, like a stateside F1 league. Yeah, we're doing a little league and we'll add you to our league. So you have to tell us either through Instagram or whatnot and we'll add you to our league and you'll get to compete with us and try to beat me. I'm the reigning champion right now. Right now in our league, it's just me and Andrew, but I am unstoppable. I am number one in this league. Anyone listening, I'm rolling my eyes <laughs> and they're going to fall out of my head. Anyways, a uh, big thank you to Anton and Forecast F1. They're killing it over there. Forecast-F1.com. All right. For a poll, I'm going to say, first of all, let me explain. We're doing Netherlands next week. Uh, right? Yes. Yes, yes we are. Yes. All right. Netherlands next week. Poll, Max Verstappen. He's unstoppable. Nobody can catch him. He's yeah. going to make poll. One, two, three. First in the race, Max Verstappen. He's unstoppable. Apparently, if he's dead last... He could still win races. So first is Max. I play it safe. Second, Carlos signs. That's what I'm going with. Um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, Ferrari still got something there, at least with signs. Uh, and third, I'm going with George Russell. But I will say this. Second, it could be Perez. So I'm just throwing signs in there because I'm giving Ferrari something. But maybe I'm actually leaning a little more Perez, but... Max, signs, and then George Russell for three. Okay. That's uh, pretty strong predictions. So I, too, will say for the poll, will be Verstappen. And for my race, one, two, three, I'll say first place goes to Verstappen. 
Second goes to Perez. Just he is goose to Verstappen's Maverick. And he is the best wingman Verstappen could have. He is the Botas of Red Bull. 100% agree. And my third place will be Russell. Because I just love seeing a mannequin on the third step. So we're close here. So you're doing the Max, Checo, Russell. Yes. Okay, okay. But that's why I'm not explaining what the rest of my predictions will be. We will be putting them in at forecastf1.com. So again, if you want to join our league, just message us uh, and put your stuff in and we'll go from there. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to Stateside F1. Please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content. Follow us on Instagram at Stateside F1 and TikTok at Stateside F1 Podcast. And feel free to DM us. Send us memes, comments, questions, suggestions, how to join our predictions league at Forecast F1. We will respond and follow you back. See y'all next week. Bye, guys.